0: You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs Oh yeah Hello chaps, welcome back to Free Speech We are at Stand Up Labs New York And I'm fucking pissed Um, My guest just cancelled after rescheduling twice Not going to say who it is in case he ever does show And I'm having sexist feelings Because the PR people who organize this are inevitably female. And uh, I'm having irrational bias towards these women whom I don't even know. And it is the dictionary definition of sexism. Uh, These women might be the most adept people in the world. uh, Charles, I just gave away his name. Okay, it was Charles Murray. Uh, His plane may have been delayed. He may have had a car accident or something. They probably should have said that if that was the case. Um, the woman who is organizing it might be a genius. It might not even be a woman. She has a weird name. But as a grown man in today's society, we have biases. And we occasionally have feelings that are irrational. Yes, it's a woman. It doesn't run deep. If I were to meet her and we got along, it's not like this feeling would be irrevocable. Uh... I think we're all racist, sexist, ageist, ist, but it's a very shallow, tepid layer on top. And you can indulge in that layer and swim around like a guy swimming in a puddle, get all your belly wet, or you can move on. And if someone is listening to a show, they would probably prefer it if the guy would move on and stop being a dick. But... One of the things about being Scottish is it's very hard to get you genuinely mad. Uh, My kids make me mad sometimes, especially when they hit each other. But I can be in a screaming, yelling fight with someone and be thoroughly enjoying it and have a normal heart rate. I think it's because we were attacked by the English for so many hundreds of years. The ones who didn't enjoy conflict are extinct. But once we get up there, wowie zowie is it hard to get back down. Once we get into the grump zone, it is rough. And it frustrates me as a heterosexual married to a woman. My wife can get mad and then get unmad. And, you know, my mother, especially, I remember her, she'd be screaming. One time I heard, Why the fuck did I marry you? No, why the fuck did you marry me? Why the fuck did I marry you? Slam. And the back door slams, and my mom was screaming that at my dad, who, I guess he said, why the fuck did I marry you? And I came downstairs, and my mom goes, you're right, son, you find your cup of tea. And I was like, wow, how can they just switch it off like that? I mean, I'm sure my dad was mad for three days. I'm sure he was wrong in that fight. The guy's an alcoholic, as is his son, as, as my sons will be. But, uh, yeah, we got mad. I, I, when I got arrested, I got arrested for drunk driving when I was 16. And my dad didn't speak to me for a year. The only way he would talk to me was to s- call me asshole. So say my mom was looking for me, he'd, be, he'd say, asshole. I was 16 at the time. That was, uh, that was one of the stupidest moments of my life. If anyone's read my book, I'm sure they're familiar with it. But what I did was I uh, tried to outrun the cops without breaking the law. This is not possible. We, we were at a party. I was 16, just got my license. I, I think my mom was going to give me her car. And went to a party. Didn't take my car because I was smart. Got totally shit hammered. This is when License to Ill came out. So you had no choice as a 16-year-old. You had to get wasted. Um, we had to fight for our right. It was in the Declaration of Beastie Boys that you had to fight for your right to party. We were conscripted. There was the draft back then. So we went to party, partied our fucking asses off, and I stole Rick Lull's car. He left his keys lying around, got in his car, we were all, everyone jumped on top of the car. And if you're you're ever driving a car, this was the year 1986, if you're ever driving a car and you see people on the hood of the car looking at you through the windshield, a great game is to drive normal, and their face looks normal, And then as you accelerate, you can see them get more terrified. And it's almost like your gas pedal is on their face. You get to control their face. And you let up the gas, and they go normal, and then... So I just fucking floored it after playing with their face for a bit and just saw sheer terror. It looked like the scream. And they jumped off. We're in Canada now, so they jumped off into the snow. And then we went to the local uh, grocery store... uh, what was it called back then? I forget. Special choice? Anyway. We went to the parking lot and just started doing, I started doing donuts. And, you know, donuts are when you crank. I don't know if the kids today even do that. I wouldn't be surprised if millennials don't even do fucking donuts anymore. You kids do donuts? Yeah. Promise? Yes. Do you, uh, you've never done donuts in your life. And you're black. How old are you? 24, you've never done one fucking donut. Have you been in a car where there was a donut going on? No. <sighs> I'm going to ask this next question. I'm talking to a 24 year old man off camera here. And if the answer is no, don't say no because I won't be able to handle it. It's sort of like when you think you lost your wallet and you don't want to grab your butt because it'll be too shocking. So you just sort of creep your fingers back so the news won't be too intense. If the answer to this question is no, just close your eyes, okay? Have you ever. In your life, done cocaine. Okay. Sometimes I think maybe I'm nuts and maybe this this whole like millennials don't party anymore thing is all in my head. One guy's done a donut, other guy's tried cocaine. Chill out, G-Bone. So anyway, we're doing donuts. I open the door, I look down, I can see the car, the, the tire spinning. So it was right next to my fucking head. And of course, someone calls the cops. We're in the suburbs of Kanata, Ontario. And, uh, I hear, so I decide, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm going to outrun the cops while obeying the speed limit so they have nothing else to pin on me. So I drove at 40 miles an hour, and the way I would trick them is at the very last second, right at the stoplight, I'd indicate, and then turn. So we had a 40-mile-an-hour legal police chase, and those don't work. Uh, I asked Al... Alan, my passenger, if he would take the driver's seat, please. He wasn't drunk. He told me to fuck off, which I thought was pretty rude. Um, That could have saved the whole thing, by the way. And Rick Lull, we're now back at the house where I stole the car from. And Rick Lull is there. He fucking tells the cops that I stole his car, which that adds another seven-year sentence. That was rude, Rick. I clearly didn't steal your car. I illegally borrowed it. So my last ditch attempt to get out of this charge was take the breathalyzer and exhale, but look like I'm inhaling, and inhale, but look like I'm exhaling. So I sort of went, and uh, I tried that twice. All that does is make the the meter go into the negatives. So it's like (laughs) you have less than zero booze in your system. <laughs> you don't have the normal amount of alcohol in your blood cells, uh, but yeah, went to the fucking, went to jail, and I was 16, and I was punk rock, and I thought it would be cool while I'm holding a thing to sort of go, <laughs> and do a sneer. Dads don't like that. Dads don't enjoy uh, their teenage sons sneering in mugshots, shots, and uh, that cost me a year of dad. And uh, I moved out a year after that, so we really lost our, we really lost our final moments together, Dad. Um, but the moral of that incredibly long story was to say, when dudes are mad, we're fucking mad. And this guest canceling has made me have sexist thoughts, and it's made me mad, but retelling that incredibly fun night, despite the stress, it was pretty fun, has put me in a good mood again, and now I'm happy. I think Scottish people like stress, that's why they're alcoholics. I heard Dr. Drew say that. They genetically put themselves in danger because the ones that are pussies are dead. They got killed by the English. I just did Bobby Kelly's podcast yesterday and I left with not even close to as much enough time. In fact, I added an errand in the middle, a post office errand, just so I would fuck myself. It was essentially the drunk of schedules. I made myself wasted. I was five minutes late. In schedule land? That's being drunk. Five minutes late is blackout drunk, as far as being on time goes. So yeah, men and women are different, and they both have their assets. Who's better? I mean, technically, women are better. I've said this a million times, they're magic. And the difference between men and women is they can create a fucking human being. Now, I know you've never seen this, but it's pretty intense. You know what happens, a baby comes out of a pussy. But when you actually see like the pussy go, the head coming out with the hair, I know this makes 20 year old girls sick because they've been brainwashed into thinking their miracle is disgusting. But when you see the wet hair of its head and then it shloops out and it was just breathing underwater a few seconds ago. And now it's going, meh. You go, oh, I'm married to a wizard. I'm married to a guy who can turn you into a frog. I'm married to someone with a long white beard and a staff and like a moon and a star and different shapes on his pointy hat. Not a Klansman. Fucking racists. So that sort of ends the whole debate of men and women. One of them is magic. And the analogy I always use is it's like Superman shows up at the bar and you guys are talking about punk rock. And one guy is saying, um, punk the word comes from New York, and the zine came from New York. But the music, the ethos, everything, that was a London thing, and it was an evolution of glam. When the Ramones played there at the 100 Club in 1977, the Sex Pistols had already formed. The Clash were already ready with a set. They hadn't played yet, but they had their set ready to go. They played a few fucking weeks later. You think they just spontaneously created all those songs overnight? No, the Ramones did not start punk. In l- anyway, you're having this discussion at a bar, and Superman walks up, and he goes, How oh, come on. I'm not invited to this conversation? And you go, I don't know, dude, you're fucking Superman. Why do you care? I wanna be included. <sighs> okay, um, we're talking about punk rock. A lot of New Yorkers say it started uh, when the Ramones played the 100 Club in 1977 in London. Uh, a lot of British people say it started with the sex shop and uh, the damned New Rose and Malcolm McLaren and this, obviously the Sex Pistols. And then my British friend here is saying that the, the whole notion of New York starting punk is another example of Americans rewriting history and putting themselves in the winning seat. I don't know about any of that. Yeah, it's pretty esoteric. Well, I want to be involved, Superman. You're not even from fucking Earth, okay? You're a magic dude. Why don't you just fly straight up through this ceiling, then through all floors in the building, go up, go up to the moon, take out your dick and go (laughs) then fly back and sit here. Why do you have to be on par with me and this old British punk dude arguing about the formation of punk? And that's what feminism is to me. I want to be in the Marines. What? You can't even do a pull-up. Uh, change the pull-up rules. What? You're a fucking marine! You have to lift a 75-pound pack on your back and run for 25 miles. Have you ever worn high shoes? Uh, what? Uh, no. It's really uncomfortable. Okay, you should have to wear high heel shoes. And now we have soldiers, cadets, in two different military academies wearing high heel shoes to show that they recognize women's suffering. These are guys who carry 75-pound bags, packs, and then run for 25 miles. These are guys who go to a sexist country where women are stoned to death for being gang-raped, and they get their fucking legs blown off so they can't wear red high heel shoes to show how they... St- they uh, sympathize with women's uncomfortable tootsies because they have stubs. They have little paperclip legs. They fucking have trouble articulating because I was in a tank that was on fire and it was hard to. Have you ever worn high heel shoes? Pardon? High heel shoes. Have you ever worn high heel shoes? Do you know what it's like to get cat called? I had to relearn English after the fire. I am not totally caught up with uh, uncomfortable footwear. Well, you should read this pamphlet. It sucks. And so the Marines let women in who can't do one pull-up. One. You should do it. If you're a Marine, you should be able to do like 17. 17 is good. Uh, is not great. I actually used to go to, I brought, invited my friend Jesse Pearson, he was an e- editor at Vice, and I used to invite him to my boxing gym, and his, he had the exact same body that Grover has. Little pot belly, skinny, and his legs, his arms were just strings. His legs were strings too, just thread with a hand at the end. And so I've been doing pull-ups, and his regime, his workout regime was to get closer to one pull-up. So that was his goal. like. When he first went, he was at 0.1 of a pull-up. And after a lot of training and working out and getting tough and hitting the heavy bags, (laughs) hitting the speed bag, he eventually got up to 0.5 of a pull-up. You don't want that guy fighting for your country. He can't fucking pick up a gun. I'm sure he'd admit it himself. But because Superman has to know about punk rock and be part of our stupid conversation, Women are in the Marines fighting away, and ISIS is looking at these women in skirts going, really? She can't even do one pull-up. And we just saw this with the FDNY. They, this woman could not complete the physical requirements, so they just said, fuck it, and hired her anyway. She's here in Brooklyn about awaiting a fire near you. <laughs> She's going to carry you out with her Jesse Pearson arms. Grover, but with tits and a fat ass, is going to carry you out of a building. No, she's not. You see, the physical requirements aren't sexist. The physical requirements are physical requirements you need to carry a person who's on fire out of a fucking building. It's not like we said, you have to have a mustache. And you need to be able to do a drum solo. And you need to have every Rush album to be in the FDNY, or you can go fuck yourself. No. It's, you need to lift people on fire out of a fucking building. Even fat people deserve to live, believe it or not. You have gotta carry them out, so you can't be your mom. Sorry. I wrote this article once where I said, it's okay to hit a woman if she hits you 12 times. And that includes the face. And the reason I'm fine with 12 is, My wife has lost her, my wife's a squaw, and American Indians have this thing where it's like, drink, 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 and then around the fifth wine, a flick is switched. A switch is flicked, sorry. And I call, what I call, the creature comes out, and she just becomes a a lunatic. I forget what the word Leviathan means, but I want to say she becomes a Leviathan. Can we change that word? What's Dan Savage changed the name of Santorum to mean common shit? I'm hereby changing Leviathan into drunk Indian woman. (laughs) So she came at me once, and I was just like, one, two, three, four, five, six. And I let 12 gather, and I was like, okay, (laughs) punch to the chest plate. She would go flying across the room. Then she'd come back and do another 12. And my conservative friends, my Republican friends, were disgusted. And I was like, okay, sorry, sorry, what's your number? And they go, there is no number. They go, like, 240? I mean, you're going to be dead. That was my idea, by the way, for Osama bin Laden. Can't everyone in the country just punch him till he dies? These Republicans would have that happen to a weak man with a strong wife who's drunk out of her mind beating him. They'd let him turn to jam. I don't agree. I think 12 is fair. Anyway, all the feminists I know, especially the young feminists, go, fuck that. 12? One. He- a chick punches you once, you fucking punch her in the face. These are the feminists. Because men are the same as women. See, that's the problem with this myth of equality. Women get punched in the face. It's like this fucking trans MMA dude. He cut his cock off, he bought himself some boobs, and he's kicking the living fuck out of women. There was just a guy the other day who sued the European Soccer League, whatever they're called, because they wouldn't let him in because he said he was a chick and he had some tits. He's fucking amazing at women's soccer, because he's a dude. So ladies, when Superman comes over and starts fucking going, all right, I wanna know everything about punk rock. Then he fucking reads every punk zine in the world, and now we're not having a normal discussion about punk rock because you're from fucking planet Krypton. You just ruined the whole debate by knowing too much. What are you doing here? You're overqualified, Superman. You're magic. Now, there are some superheroes out there who genuinely care about punk. Um, there is a superhero called the Atom, he's about this big. He was created uh, in a medical experiment. They, there was some sort of tectonic plate he was on top of. and All superhero origins involve some sort of nuclear accident. Anyway, he shranked down real small. Poor guy, he never gets laid, little Atom. Here's a question, viewers. And don't worry, I'm not going to lose this train of thought here. If you were Adam, right, you're obviously very horny, you're jerking off to porn, giant porn, uh, would you want to, like, go on a pussy? Because it's not a pussy, really, when you're that small. In fact, in Gulliver's Travels, when he's in uh, Lilliput, or the one where he's small and they're big, he says, nothing disgusted me more than the size of her monstrous breast. I bet a vagina, if you're this tall, is pretty hard to handle, and I'm a fucking pervert. So, would you want to be around a big giant cunt that was as big as this room? Jerk off on like part of the meat. It would just look like a giant. You'd be like jerking off onto a big, big piece of ham. It wouldn't be erotic. No, it'd be like yeah. It would just be like sub-gynecologist. Anyway, so this poor bastard. The government did this to him, by the way. They made him about a centimeter tall. I'm Canadian, we use metric. And uh, he's into punk. And I'll sit with Adam, I'll have my giant beer and I'll take a little eyedropper. I'll just sort of put my finger in my Guinness and then just let it drip onto the bar and he'll just lick from that drop. And that's like 10 beers for him. And he wants to talk about punk. So obviously there are exceptions to the rule. There are wizards who don't want to use their magic. There are wizards who could see a guy who's a fucking asshole rapist jerk and should be turned into a frog, and that wizard doesn't want to turn him into a frog. He doesn't want to use his magic powers. There are people like that. 5%. 5% of superheroes want to talk about punk. The rest should just be superheroes and go fart on the moon. 5% of wizards don't want to turn you into a frog and will not use their powers ever. Um, that's fine. <clears throat> 5% of women should not have babies and should not stay at home. But pretty much 99.9% of women uh, are different than men, okay? Not stronger. And if you're part of that weird 5% that doesn't want to do the normal thing, fucking all the power to you. Uh, But don't assume that you're as strong as me. You see, with the analogy with Adam, he likes punk. He's the only superhero who likes punk. But he doesn't sit there and assume we're the same. First of all, he could kill me just by flying right through the center of my head and out the back. Just kill me. He is a bullet. Uh, secondly, he knows that we tolerate alcohol differently because he's this big. And these women who want to get in the FDMY and get in the army, they just go, Oh, uh, it, we're equal, just make it so. We can just write down, did a bunch of pull-ups. Okay, but you didn't. And you're going to go to war. We're going to be in danger. Just write it down. And the funny thing about all this is my motive is benevolent. Uh, every fucking 40-something woman I know is miserable. I mean, without kids. And every 20-something I know says I'm not having kids. Fucking woman who works here set me off on a whole tangent about it and got me in shit on Fox because I was still mad when I went to Fox and did Hannity because we had our fight here. Because she said, I'm not having kids. And she was holding a clipboard, and they were scheduling this podcast and a bunch of other podcasts. And I'm like, you don't want to make a cute little dude. uh, You'd rather schedule a podcast? Then I went on Hannity and broke the internet. But my motive here is not, women are too stupid to be in the workforce. Let me tell you something, ladies, about the workforce. It sucks. It is Dungeons & Dragons. Now, we like it. We like that it sucks. But it's like a tattoo. You like that it's painful, and you like that it looks stupid. I have a fucking tattoo here that says, Aren't thou bored? Do you know what that's from? That's from fucking Randy Macho Man Savage, Uh, doing a Slim Jim ad, and there's a Shakespearean play going on, and he bursts out with an explosion and goes, AREN'T THOU BORED? And I got a tattoo of that, which was very painful to get. That's fucking retarded and stupid, and it was painful, and I love it. And AREN'T THOU BORED on a woman wouldn't look right. Ladies, when you get a fucking octopus on your thigh that comes up here, it looks gross. You look like you fell in a mud puddle. Ladies with neck tattoos, you look like you were fucked by your dad. I'm sorry. And I have had sex with women with lots of tattoos. In the dull light, which is the best light to have sex with because you don't see much, especially if you're fucking me, uh, it looks like mud. They look like they've been thrashing around in a mud puddle. It's not attractive. The whole point of tattoos, sailors got them to say, I'm tough, I got this painful thing when I was in Asia fucking prostitutes. And uh, I love being a tough naval guy. So when you get that, I go, wait, you're a tough naval guy? You you were fucking prostitutes in Thailand? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't look good. So when you try to be us, you look ridiculous. And this whole idea of women being as strong as men, they take this anecdotal evidence like, oh, yeah, what about fucking... Roly Randland, at Mia Fighter, she can beat up any chick. I forget her actual name, but she was on Stern recently. She said she would never fight a man because, I guess, it wouldn't be weird if I won. This is her talking, but the idea of a man kicking the living shit out of a woman in a ring with everyone cheering—it's just not right. And I remember my mom; she's an alcoholic, um, like like me. She attacked me once when I was a kid, and she must have punched me like 40 times, and it felt like a child punching you. Women's punches don't hurt. You guys don't have upper body strength. But modern feminism isn't about celebrating a woman. It's not about saying, wow, we're wizards. Wow, we're superheroes. Wow, we're magic. It's about denying your magic and talking to dudes about punk. And I don't know where they, they got this idea that what we do all day is drink cognac and go to strip clubs. Was it Don Draper? No, that's a new show. Women have thought this for a while. They seem to think that we have fun all day. And, oh, I just I saw that credit card thing. You spent 300 bucks di- at lunch? Yeah, it sucked. I had to get drunk with my client. Uh, it was a fucking nightmare. In fact, we had to hire a fat sales dude most companies have fat sales dudes by the way, like the accounts guys are always fat because they can handle all those lunches and dinners and drinks, they can tolerate the booze. It wasn't fun. And when I first started out, first of all I had a bunch of blue collar jobs that sucked. Like uh, I was a bike messenger in Montreal where the temperature is negative a million. And it's Montreal, it's Mount Royal. So you're riding a fucking bicycle, you're up at six, right? Because that's when the packages start before work and you're riding up a mountain in snow and ice. It was AIDS. Like when I see Holocaust survivors, and I don't see them every day, I sort of go, because we have that bond together. We've both been through hell. (laughs) And the other thing that sucks is you're in such intense shape that you end up spending half your money on groceries. Like you eat this much spaghetti twice every fucking night. And you have to eat spaghetti because that's the only thing you can afford because you're fucking Michael Phelps. I did that and I did tree planting in northern Ontario, which makes AIDS look like a blowjob. That is four months, sorry, two months in the woods in northern Ontario. That means it's a 20-hour drive from Montreal. You didn't know you could drive 20 hours north in Canada. You can. There's still land up there. And the bugs are just a, a fishnet stalking everywhere you look and they crawl in your eyes, they crawl in your ears, you take a shit, they bite your bag. The only way you can fight the bugs is to cover yourself in Mazzola oil, and then they drown, because the bug dope, you need too much bug dope. So then you're fucking black as coal, tanned African man, because you're in a sunbed all day, boiling alive, covered in fucking Mazzola oil, getting brutally sunburned. So I did those jobs, and no women were at either of those jobs. There'd be maybe one woman on a tree planting camp, And she would be a four, and she'd obviously get the best guy there. So, ladies, I highly recommend you do this. Go to Alaska or tree planting if you want to fuck a hunk. All these women got guys out of their leagues. Um, And then I got into the real workforce in media, and all the marketing people were women. And this is going to blow minds, but I happen to know the person who came up with the word cougar. I'll let that sit for a sec. Pretty intense, right? You think you know the guy who came up with the word punk? Fuck you. Punk was not the zine in the 70s. The word punk goes way back to the 50s. It was used to describe suicide, the band Suicide. Okay? It goes way the fuck back. You don't know who invented that word. I know who invented Cougar. It was a design firm called Heliozilla. And so I was running a magazine. They were running a design firm. And so both of us record labels were our clients and the marketing people at record labels are all women sure the owners are all old bald dudes Rupert Murdoch looking guys but the women who write the checks are women (laughs) and they're ugly they are 39 40 they threw their ovaries in the garbage Uh, they all have short hair they all have cats that they worship and dogs and they call themselves mommy they are rich and Being put in the driver's seat after all these years of sexism, they just turned into the men they were talking about oppressing them. They broke through the glass ceiling and fucking drew a mustache on their face and they would sexually harass us. That's right, Heliozilla and my company, we had to eat our way to the top. We had to fuck these women. Now, I've never sucked a dick outside of when I was 11 and went like that to this kid Brian's dick. I didn't let it touch the sides, I'm not counting that. And I was 11. Um, But I would imagine sucking a dick of someone you're not into isn't that bad. It's like eating a popsicle when you're not hungry. Eating a pussy that you're not into, however, it's so hard not to dry heave. Because you're going into this person's body. Like, imagine you see a guy in the street. You don't like him. He has a gaping wound. And you're just like, hey, asshole. And then you just start licking his wound. You'd barf, right? So me and the guy who invented Cougar and, and our sales guy would have to fuck these women and they were so cruel about it. They would, they would do things like they would just uh, call you. This is back when we had the big flip phone. Downstairs from the limo and be like, come downstairs now. And we would just sort of sheepishly go downstairs. <laughs> I, I didn't have to do it as much as the sales guy but the, the sales guy told me about this one woman. She was like a five. They're all fives. And... Uh, They were having dinner and he said the fucking her was gross, the eating her out was obviously hard not to drive, but this was his worst experience, way worse than the sex. And it was, she was sitting down at dinner, she was looking at her phone, and without looking up, this was her hand on the table, can they see my hand? She just goes like, well here, I'll do a profile. She just goes like this, uh, did you see that? Now, if you have any balls whatsoever, there is Nothing worse than being beckoned. Hey! Come here. Terry Richardson's manager, Seth Goldfarb, did it to me once. Hey! Come here. And I just, I popped a gasket. It's the, I think it's the only time I've truly lost my temper in my life. They were unpacking chairs and Seth goes, hey! I was like, don't fucking beckon me! So anyway, she beckons him and he puts his hand in her hand and then she squeezes it like that. It was like, you're my slave. So, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And my recent controversy with women staying at home was not based on revenge for the the horrible 90s where the cougars dominated our lives. (laughs) Because I did not get the brunt of it. The sales team did. The impetus for this is all this regret. I mean, I wrote an article I'd love you to look up called A Roll Call of Regrets. And in it, I just listed all of our friends, changed all their names, And, you know, everyone knows, what, like 50 people? All of them. And it was either married and with kids and happy, or Mm -hmm. fucking um, miserable, asking me for dates, like asking me if I have single friends, or spending tens of thousands on in vitro, or using a surrogate. So I just want them to be happy. Is that so wrong? Is that so wrong? Here's a question. I have this uh, gay... uh, Upstate is all gays. I don't know why. My, st- my little street, I live in a gated community. 50% of the residents are gay. And one of these gays, uh, two of them actually, married couple, just h- had a surrogate to have a kid. Is that right? Yeah, I know your first instinct is, that's great. And it is great, especially if, if they adopted some poor black kid who was going to be at an orphanage, and they took him in and gave him a nice house. That's fucking awesome. Better than being in a fucking orphanage. But they made an orphan from scratch. Uh, now, I know they're rich, and it's going to probably have a good life, but we all know that a, a male-female parent is the ideal. Well, we don't know that? Oh, sorry. Okay, let me go back a step. My kids were playing in the yard the other day, and you know, they're losing their baby teeth. They're six and eight, and uh, they were playing this game where they tackle each other. Uh, I don't have a problem with kids tackling each other, but I don't, I don't like when people play games out of their league. And this game was much rougher than they can handle. So, ow, and then Duncan hits his belly on this toy car, ow, and it's in the backyard. And I go, guys, stop this stupid game. Then about 20 minutes later, my daughter comes over. She's bleeding like crazy, and she's knocked out a baby tooth. You know what I did? I said, and I don't swear at them unless I'm super mad. I go, I told you that fucking game was out of your league! Jesus Christ! You know what, you better find that tooth, because if you don't find that tooth, the Tooth Fairy's not giving you a dime. You don't get money from the Tooth Fairy without your fucking tooth! And she's crying. And that's all true, and it's all important, because my message was, don't play games out of your league. And my wife, when she saw the blood, she went, oh my god, my angel! And she held my daughter, And Her and my daughter and my eldest son tried to find the tooth which they never did and I I don't Think the tooth fairy came, but I'll be pissed if my wife went over my head and fucking gave that bitch 15 bucks Because that's how much the tooth is now 15 bucks, you know what I got a quarter So it's I was kind of hoping they wouldn't find the tooth anyway That's crucial because that's a man and a woman raising a child. And when you see a lot of these single parent kids, especially the Puerto Rican kids in my neighborhood, they'll be getting a fucking pedicure. And that's because they didn't have a dad going whack upside the head and saying, what the fuck are you doing? You're not going to get a fucking pedicure. What the fuck? Get out of here. Puerto Rican kids in my neighborhood will get a haircut three times a week and it takes an hour. They're getting it perfectly shaved with a straight razor, a perfect fade. And I'm looking at them going, how do you have three hours a week to work on your fucking hair? Didn't you ever have a dad make fun of you? When I was a kid and I played pool with my dad, I would, I, he's really good at pool because he grew up poor and that's all you do in the slums is fucking play pool. Uh, he will set up his next shot. Pekang, gang and then it's the white balls there. I'm not that ambitious. I just want to get this ball in and then we'll talk. So I hit it real gentle, like a little fag, poof. And I get my ball in, and then my white ball isn't anywhere cool, and I'm not happy about it, but I figure it out. Every time I would do that, my dad would go, oh, Lorraine. She wanted a girl. Oh, Lorraine, you got your wish. Your dreams have come true. You go, we got all. Everything worked out. You got a girl. You need that in your life. These poor Puerto Rican kids never got this, and they're fucking getting pedicures. Who has the time? Like, obviously it's ridiculous. No woman has ever said, he's nice, but he's got to do something about those toes. (laughs) That's never happened, but why do you have the time to have your toes done? I hate going to the barber. I always say, I'm in a rush, I have a meeting, I always lie. Because they do this thing where they cut the back ear, and then they want to use a straight razor to really get it clean. And that shit grows back in... 12 hours? So why are you making my neck perfect for fucking 12 hours? I don't have time for your bullshit. I'm only here once a month. So I just lie and say, just use the clippers. We got to go. We got to go. Anyway, (laughs) that is why it's crucial to have two parents. And I just talked to John Lott last night, the guy who uh, wrote More Guns, Less Crime. And he, I was uh, laying down some heavy trips on his black ass. And one of them was, how about this? We abolish prisons and give everyone a gun. I know, you think of a giant riot shootout, it's the Wild West. It wouldn't be that, and the data is there to prove it. But I'll let you have your little hysterical freak out at home. And John told me that blacks in the 50s, when the family wasn't ripped apart by welfare, because right now we are incentivizing single motherhood, In the Bronx, 80% of black households are single-parent households because we pay them to. We give the mommy money if she dumps him. But in the 50s, you didn't have that, and blacks actually committed crimes less than whites. And I'm not talking about the overall numbers where you say, well, there was less blacks. No, no. Proportional to their existence in the population, they still had less of a proclivity to, to crime than whites. That must have been all the drunk Irish doing the crimes back then. So, if we could unite the family, end the war on drugs, abolish prisons, give everyone a fucking gun, and break the news to women that they're different than men, this country would be perfect. You know who's in jail right now? You know who's filling our prisons? Domestics and drugs as one prison guard told me this is how it goes with blacks and Hispanics in prison If it's not drug related which is a turf thing where you've paid someone hundreds of thousands of dollars To commit a crime that's what the drug war is And these poor bastards who are just selling dime bags don't win the lottery it's the top guy who makes the money So you've essentially imposed this lottery on the ghetto So all those assaults, all those murders, almost none of them are just, I'm a jerk, you're dead, bang. (laughs) It's all drug territory, okay? That's a good half of jail. Another, let's say, 25%, because because these things are tricky to quantify because the the charge will be assault. But it was assault because he was selling drugs on your turf. Uh, It will say drugs, but it's not smoking pot in public. In Arizona... Uh, three-tenths of one percent are in jail just for smoking a joint. The drug charges are trafficking. So there's 2.2 million people in jail. Let's get one million out by legalizing this fucking drug war. And I don't understand why people think that's going to be bad. Drugs are going to exist, just as guns are going to exist. And I used to do speed as a teenager, shitty speed. New York was all speed in the 80s. The porn industry was here, and it was just fucking people on amphetamines fucking and (laughs) robbing. And... And the porn sucked back then, have you ever noticed that? They're not on meth now, and they fuck way better than when they were on meth. You'd think you'd be a better fucker on meth. A friend of mine got AIDS on meth because the fucking was so good, he fucked for three days at a circuit party, he's a fag. So, you take drugs out of the equation, and you legalize them, and you let nerds make them. Now, instead of shitty speed, we have nerds making them. And is that a crazy notion? No, it already exists. It's called fucking Adderall. Who makes Adderall? Pfizer? That's what happens. Drugs are legal. There is legal heroin. It's called Oxycontin. We've already done this experiment. Let's stop fucking having black people kill each other. In New York, the most gun free zone in the world, we got a murder a day. A murder a fucking day, at best. I think last year it was 450. Now it's going down. That's way better than Dinkins days, but I think a murder day is pretty bad. What do you think, kids at home? So let nerds make the drugs and the drug war, and that leaves domestics and nut bar murders. We'll get to nut bar murders, but domestics for the most part are a lot of crazy bitches who like guys who are rough with them. And people who don't know blacks don't know about this culture. Uh, it's been going on for a long time. There's a a black girl group called The Crystals and their hit song was He Hit Me and It Felt Like a Kiss. Uh, Sonny Johnson is a ghetto black woman who rails against this. And I talked to her recently and she's like, "I'm, I'm about to give up on these fucking bitches. They love it. And I fucked a lot of black girls in my day and they, you know why it's easy to fuck black girls, by the way, if you're a white dude and you go up to a black girl at all, she goes, oh, he has a huge cock. He approached me. And then you're pretty much in. Anyway, all the black girls I fucked, they would always have... Like, the white girls would be like, who's your daddy? I'm your dad. And, and the Jewish girls liked, uh, I'm your property. And they liked abuse. Jewish girls would be like, uh, say I'm a fucking whore. I'm a piece of garbage. Hit me. The white girls would be like, daddy issues. Asian girls uh, were pretty normal. I would do the depraved stuff to them. But the black girls, it was always about jealousy. Like, tell me you don't, wanna, uh, you don't want me with anyone else. Say Say... I just basically act like a jealous asshole and choke me and say I don't want you talking to anyone else Meanwhile, it was like fucking a different girl every night. I didn't care what you did I don't care if you if I never see you again, but okay. I'm so jealous Rah. So anyway in this culture of black Hispanic and poor white trash uh, I love and I love white trash. I love I love the ghetto by the way. I am Genetically poor my dad grew up in the gorbles. I know I'm a nigger because I drive with all the windows down and the volume on 10 and I, I eat junk food. <laughs> but in this in American ghetto culture, violence is a big part of it. So anyway, these couples will fight. And I got this from a prison guard. These couples will fight. She'll lose her temper and she'll call the cops. And the cops in the hood, are, to a lot of women, are just like another gang. So I'm going to call this gang on you. I'm going to call my blues. There's blood scripts and the blues. I'm going to call one of the blue guys on you. He gets arrested. He gets a restraining order as part of the arrest. That's now in the books. This isn't up to either of them. She's actually already calmed down by the time the cops showed up. They get back together, right, because the sex is hot. Uh, He has a sock drawer in the top. He keeps his socks there. A year later, they forgot there's a restraining order. They get in a fight. She calls the cops again. As far as the law is concerned... This guy is a psychotic stalker who she took a restraining order out on and he crawled in the window and fucking started choking her. The law sees it as exactly the same. But I have a sock drawer here. I lived here all year. Sorry, you called the cops on this guy. We filed a restraining order. You can't revoke it. That is hordes of dudes in jail. Hordes. So we've got 50% in there for drugs. I don't know the data on domestics, but I'm going to say it's about another 30%. Every time a friend of mine goes down to the Tombs, if for all of you non-New Yorkers out there, the Tombs is a holding cell in Manhattan that's deep, deep down in a dungeon. And if you piss on the street or you get a warrant for pissing on the street or you're driving without insurance or whatever, you go to the Tombs. These are white crimes. Uh, and every white guy I know who goes there, he sa- I, say, well, I always say, what were they in for? And they, go, they always say, hitting my girlfriend. So you take that out, and now we just have the nut bars. And like Galen said on the Free Speech Podcast, yeah, 5% of people should be in jail. 5% of people are not assimilable. Is that the word? Inassimilable? They're not human beings. No, they're, of course they're human beings. But they can't make it out here. Sh- so we should have jails, but 5% of the people should be there. So what's that? 1 million, 25,000 people should be in prison, not 2.2 fucking million, okay? I'm trying to solve the world's problems here. And it's sort of like being an anarchist or being a vegetarian. You know you're not going to end the world eating meat, or you know you're not going to totally take down the government, but it's a goal, and some good stuff happens on the way there. So here is my goals. 95% 95% of women, happy and at home, having kids, having three or more kids at the age of 25. I have absolutely no problem with them fucking their pussies raw from 20 to 25. I don't even, I wouldn't worry about condoms. Uh, if you're fucking someone who doesn't know how to pull out, you you should go to jail because you're fucking a retard. Um, uh... Party your ass off, have, have fun, have a career, a five-year career, whatever that is. Uh, but 95% of you would be happier at home. 5% are career-driven and should sacrifice their, their ovaries for their job. Now, Bobby Kelly says Amy Schumer's one of that 5%, and she has made an incredible fucking show. And Sarah Silverman has done some amazing comedy. But should they have tossed out their ovaries for that? I don't know, Making Strangers Laugh Shaping perfect little human lives. I don't think so. In fact, sometimes I think comedy is kind of sad. You're sitting there entertaining strangers and saying, look at me, look at me. I know you're funny and that's a talent you want to monetize, but why don't you monetize it by going to a big meeting and starting a company and being gregarious and charming. People want to be around you. Clients want to work with your awesome company that consults or whatever. Why are you sitting there telling 30 strangers a joke for... 25 bucks. That's how much these fucking guys make. They make 25 bucks for about 10 years. <laughs> Brutal, right? That's shittier than being a drummer in a band. <laughs> that, right? Women at home. And I have no problem with women in the workforce, but a lot of the women I see in the workforce are just sort of killing time. They don't have the same kind of uh, uh, bravado, they don't have the same kind of lust is the word. Like, dudes will say shit like, what about this? What about a bar for parents called O'Kidley's? And it's got a playroom in the back with some illegal immigrant, you know, nanny, and then parents can have beers. It's where you go with your kid. Now that's a dumb idea. The insurance would be unaffordable, and if anything went wrong with the kid, you'd go to jail. But that's the kind of cockamamie idea dudes come up with. And when a dude comes up with that idea, He knows that 99% of it is shit. Being an entrepreneur sucks. For that stupid idea, the insurance is a nightmare. The liquor license is a nightmare. Finding the real estate is going to be a nightmare. You're going to be way out in dangerous Bushwick, East New York, to find a place you can afford. The local councils is all bitter old women who don't want any bars here. They've, They've almost shut down the whole East Village, these stupid... They shut down my restaurant, The Cardinal with their fucking rules. They're anti-business, they're anti man I find. But men go, all right, that's gonna suck, uh, but let's do it, it'll be cool. I might make 100 grand a year after five years of slugging shit and going through expense reports and having a terrible time. That's just how we do, and you should like that about us. We're weird, we're masochists. For every 12 businesses that fail, one is good. Let's venerate that fucking guy. Why are we calling people who are rich shitheads? Record uh, oil companies had record profits this year. Oh, did they also fuck babies? What's with your face? Record profits are good. Profits are good. Entrepreneurs are rock stars. Housewives are rock stars. You see a woman with three kids and she's married with a husband and those kids have a roof over their head? You should suck her cock. She's David Lee Roth. She's Nikki Six in Motley Crue. You should let her jizz on your face. And the way we keep these families together is we stop monetizing single moms. So, kill welfare, stop telling women they're men, end the drug war, change the law with domestics, fucking abolish prison, fuck the law, abolish prison, and give everyone a gun. And that last one, I didn't get into it too much, but more guns, less crime. Beautifully lays out why more guns equal less crime. We've tried the regulation thing It's called New York City, and that experiment hasn't worked right now only bad guys have guns You know who got looted in Ferguson and Baltimore? Guns without fucking armed owners the armed owners of stores didn't get shit taken Because it's not worth getting your head blown off for a fucking three-liter jug of Mountain Dew in fact The store where the guy had a machete out front. He was called Baltimore Batman. He didn't get looted. He just had a fucking stupid Hispanic sword. If everyone had a gun, we would be like Plano, Texas. That is the most armed city in America. There is something like three guns per person in that fucking town. And you know what their homicide rate is? 0.4 per 100,000. There isn't a hundred thousand people in the town, I don't think. So you'd have to have, uh, point four. You'd have to have several hundred thousand planos together to get one death. New York, we've got a death a day. Let's give everyone a fucking gun. They're not going to kill each other. And this will end on the most salient point I have to make, which is we're all good guys. We're all nice ladies. Evolution has been going at 45 degrees up. Standard of living has improved. Air quality's improved. We've been talking about the Earth's global crisis and the environment for centuries. Arthur Herman's book, The Idea of Decline in Western Civilization, talks about global warming, global cooling, all these different scare trends. Everything's going up. You don't believe me? Look at human lifespan. Steady, every fucking five years. We, get, we live another five years. The, the number keeps going. In the 40s, it was brutal. It was something like 55. That's why these cops retire at 40, because those retirements were based on the times they would live to 50. Now they're living at 80. They're fucking retired for longer than they were a cop. Things are getting better. And you know why? Because of evolution. Now, you atheists can just make it nature. I'm going to make it God, whatever floats your boat. But nature has weeded out the jerks. You don't become a fucking rapist homicidal sociopath, and last long. Those people are extinct. We need to trust one another more. Our kids don't even go out and play. When New York was a war zone and there was muggers everywhere and shootings in Manhattan, there's no shootings in Manhattan anymore. There used to be a lot. Kids were playing. Now kids don't play and it's safer. We don't trust each other. We fucking shame each other on Twitter. We rat people out. We call the cops. We're like British people. British people go, if there's a, their neighbor builds a brick wall in front of their front door, they call the council. I got a barrister and I called the council. They deal with bureaucracy. They don't confront each other. We need to trust each other and debate each other and have an open conversation with offensive terms and say, Look, let's f- face it. Nature is nature. We can be free. That's all I'm trying to do is make people free. Fuck sorry!